podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS Missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said at the very beginning, today is a day about washing. Jesus sets that up nicely for us in the gospel, according to Mark, where there's a whole conversation going on between religious authorities and Jesus on the question of how much washing, when to wash, and what any of it actually has to do with the commandments of God, or even more importantly, the gifts of God and the gospel. Exactly. When I was in confirmation or teaching confirmation class, I've done that in a few different places. And we come to the part of confirmation instruction where we talk about baptism. What baptism is according to scripture, according to the institution of Jesus. I point out to the kids and then to the adults when they're in instruction that the verb baptizo, where we get baptism, just means to wash. It's given a special kind of meaning in our life together as a church, that it would be absolutely appropriate to name the fourth part of the small catechism on holy washing, or to say we're going to celebrate the sacrament of washing this morning, because that's all it means. And in fact, in our gospel for today, Mark talks about the fact that the Jews baptize their dishes and their cups and many other such things as well. When I'm teaching kids, I'll talk about the fact that most of them probably have an automatic dish baptizing machine at home. Now, what makes baptism, baptism, and not just a washing of things, is the promise that God attaches to it. It's the fact that God is doing something special in this washing that doesn't happen when we get in the shower or we wash up our dishes in the sink. God takes his word and melds it with that water, and takes people that were part of the kingdom of darkness, followers of Satan, and makes them children of God. Makes them co-heirs with Christ of all the gifts in heaven. And it happens because in this water, God joins his word and says, what Christ accomplished on the cross is now given to you. To Albert this morning who came into worship, child of Satan, and in baptism can walk out with a clean conscience and know that from now on, he is a dearly beloved child of a heavenly father who cares for him tenderly and in all times and places. Well, wrong received this gift not that long ago. The Singh family received this gift just a month and a half ago. And many of you probably remember, if not your baptisms, then being at other people's baptisms. It's a momentous occasion, this washing in a font with God's word. So momentous, in fact, that it doesn't just stop at the end of today. Albert will live the rest of his life as we baptize children of God will live the rest of our lives as those who are baptized. Baptism isn't just a past event, something that happens long time ago, and then you never need to give it a second thought. It shapes us as Christians. It is 
our identity. Many of you, in fact, I would almost hazard to guess almost all of you probably have a passport. But the most important piece of paper and documentation that you will ever own is your baptismal certificate. Because that is the most important status that you will ever have. It's a great blessing to be Canadian. It's a great blessing to have a country to call home. We see at the Olympics how many people increasingly are stateless. They have no home. But if somebody comes up to you and asks you who you are, try and push down that temptation to say, well, don't you see the maple leaf flag on my back? Don't you see the stars and stripes? Don't you see the Indian flag, the Pakistani flag, the Haitian flag? And instead say, who am I? I am baptized into Christ. It's the reason why every funeral service in our tradition begins with the remembrance of baptism. We are gathered here this morning not just to celebrate Albert being brought into the kingdom of God, but also to remember our dearly departed husband, father, friend, and brother in Christ, Gulam. Very someone who, as I said before, made that cross over the altar that wanted us to have that huge remembrance of what it is that God sacrificed for you and for me. What gives baptism its power? What makes baptism not just the washing of dishes and cups and dining couches, but something much more momentous? The beginning of our funeral service, we read together from Romans chapter 6 where Paul, maybe even with a tinge of astonishment in his voice, says, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Because anybody can get together and talk about somebody who has departed and what they meant to them. We can talk about the fact that he was always there for us when we needed him. Gulam was always happy to come over to the parsonage and see if he could get the electricity working. Or our home, where he got some of our lights back on, helped us with our circuit breakers. He was always ready to cook or to clean or whatever it is that the church needed. Any of you with memories of Gulang can speak that way. But those memories don't last. They might be passed on to grandchildren who might remember some, who might then pass it on to great-grandchildren who will probably remember even less. And eventually, by the time you get to great-great-grandchildren, their ancestors are long forgotten. But when you are baptized, there is one who never forgets. And that's why when we come together to do a memorial, that's the one thing we hold up. The one thing that will never be forgotten, because if there's one thing that is true of God, is that his memory never runs out. He never needs an extra hard drive. He never runs short of RAM. He never needs another terabyte here or there. God's memory is eternal. And he will never forget Gulam. Gulam's spirit is in God's presence 
And when the time is right, the appropriate time, the last day, the day of judgment and resurrection, Gulam will be raised from the dead just as Christ was, just as we who have been baptized and have put our trust in Christ will be raised from the dead. All of that great good news, which is why we are the good news place, starts here at this font in this washing. The most important thing that happens here is not even me. It's not the parents bringing a child. It's not an adult who shows up before here. It is that God shows up and takes someone who is his enemy and makes them his child. Now, that's what the Jews had forgotten. Circling back to Mark, that's the whole problem in case you are my senior pastor used to say, chasing the rabbit of what's this business of washing hands, and not washing hands. And why is Jesus so angry about people washing their hands? Goodness, we wash our hands now, what, 15 times a day? If not with water and soap, but with hand sanitizer, we've had it drilled into our heads the last year and a half. Remember all the times we said, wash your hands, you won't catch the flu. Now do you believe us? Why did Jesus say not to do that? Of course, that's not what Jesus is saying at all. What he's saying is that you and I have the natural human tendency to think we're the most important people in the room. And that what we do is the most important thing that is ever done. That the fact that we washed the cups and the saucers, that we presented ourselves before fonts, that we show up for worship on Sunday morning, that's what really matters. Jesus says, you've got it all wrong. God gave you these rituals to go through that you've turned into these elaborate sets of rules and regulations. He did it to remind you of who he is, not for you to show up who you are. Oh, look at me, Lord, I wash my hands. God's like, oh, that's so cute. Good for you. In the same way that I do with my kids, when they give me at three years of age and four years of age, that beautiful Father's Day card that they are convinced is the best work of art ever. It should be in the National Gallery in Ottawa. An objective observer might look at it and say, that looks like the drawing of a three-year-old. But not to me, because I'm their dad. But what really matters is my love for them. Because without that, a three-year-old kind of left adrift in the world. I don't spend a lot of time boasting about that. I don't spend any time at all. Sometimes all we do is reflect on the pain and the suffering of being dads and moms. Crimp that it puts on our style. And yet... God is not like that. All God can think about as our father is that he will do anything to save us, including sending his son, including giving up his spirit to live in our hearts. All of this God does for us. And yet what we do every time God says, I'm going to give you a sign, a symbol, a way to remember who I am as your God in your daily life, we turn it around and think it's something we are doing for the Lord. Lord, I washed all my cups. I purified all the dining couches. Aren't I really great? And God says, no one is great but God alone. So this morning, as we remember Gulam, we need to remember that, sad as it is, our memories are short. And the generations from now, we as human beings may not remember him. But the one who hanged on that cross 
that Gulam made so beautifully for this space does. He will never forget him, just as he will never forget Albert or any of us because of what his son did for us on the cross. That's what we're here to remember this morning. Our memories are short, but when God washes, it stays clean. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.